Welcome back to another K Dog and Fish podcast. I am Fish. K Dog. And today we are discussing, and I'm very excited, one of our favorite directors of all time. Mm -hmm. His name is David Fincher. You know of whom I speak. Oh, I know who you speak. <laughs> to whom you speak, I know. I'm quite a Fincher fan. We were actually just, we were chatting about David Fincher films. Mm -hmm. I, I can't remember exactly how that came up. And we were like, why not have that as the subject of our next podcast? Because yeah. I bet you there's a bunch of younger people who have maybe heard of some of these films. Mm -hmm. And maybe more of his more recent work, but yeah. not know David Fincher. Yeah. Like, Underrated. Extremely. And definitely not as well known as he should be you yeah. know what i mean like oh, when totally. people talk about the best hollywood directors you know it's like fincher's name usually doesn't come up you know and he should be it should be for at sure the top of that list oh With totally spielberg and spielberg and and nolan and yeah. all those guys you know yeah. so yeah i'd actually put fincher over nolan if that's a controversial hot take oh you're probably right i mean now yeah. don't get me wrong christopher nolan's made some amazing films inception yeah. the batman trilogy like mm -hmm. he's an uh tenant Mm -hmm. uh an amazing director but i i i like fincher films more i do too i so agree I we're totally gonna agree. dive in and hopefully a lot of you who love david fincher get a lot out of this podcast mm -hmm. as well as anyone who might be listening who are just fans of our podcast yeah and learn something new about pop culture and uh, and about some amazing movies that you should watch yeah tonight I, tonight <laughs> do it do it tonight I think a lot of his films are on the like there's lists like of the AFI's top 100 mm -hmm. or the movies you should watch before you die. Like yeah. those sort of lists mm -hmm. and Fincher films are on there. Mm -hmm. He is an amazing director. So I'm going to list off a couple of Fincher trademarks and okay. you tell me whether you agree or disagree. I was okay. like, you can tell it's a David Fincher film mm -hmm. because okay. one dark and gritty oh yeah all the stories tend to revolve around somebody who's more of a social outcast yeah now yeah yeah you're totally right yeah. um a directorial style like darkly lit rooms mm -hmm. and there's always tints of like blue and green it's okay. a very thin something you like subtle you wouldn't notice but now that i said that and yeah. you go back you'll notice it you'll notice all it. the time yeah yeah, yeah. Also, the distorted points of view. Now, I'm saying that from coming from like a director's thing, and I'll give you one example you would know for sure. Mm -hmm. In Seven, and mm -hmm. we'll get to talking about his filmography in this podcast. Okay. In Seven, there's a moment where Mills, a.k.a. Brad Pitt, gets knocked down by the uh, bad guy. You don't even know who the bad guy is yet. They're oh, chasing right. in the rain. In the hall, or in, outside. Outside. And, yeah, and in the alleyway. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. he pulls a gun on Mills and mm -hmm. he doesn't shoot him. Yeah. Now, Mills, it's raining. Mm -hmm. He's been knocked out and he looks up and it's a really distorted angle of a very close up on the gun and the yeah. rain to the point where you can't see the assailant's face. You're getting Brad Pitt's POV. Right. But it's a very distorted angle and it's such a cool shot. I remember that scene. And he yep. does that a lot in his films, these mm -hmm. distorted views, if you will. Okay. All right. Also, something in impossible shots. Okay. So I don't know if you remember in Panic Room, you're kind okay. of getting a layout of the house. And there's this one continuous shot that's going through the kitchen. And it actually goes through the coffee pot handle. It goes through the breakfast nook. Like, it's just this one continuous cool 
okay. shot. And he invented like a camera that would do that. Okay. And he actually impl- implements that. I think in Fight Club, it was with the uh, stovetop burner. All right. And you actually circle around and it goes into the burner. Like these really cool. I do remember that scene. Impossible shots. Hmm. So that's a very Fincher uh, trademark. Okay. Also time lapse sequences. Okay. So you'll notice that in the social network mm-hmm. and other ones and mostly like night to day or it's just a very quick, you know, the time lapse film. Right. Yeah. So he uses that a lot mm-hmm. as well as flashlights. So it'll be dark. There's flashlights and the actual light is crossing over the lens and kind of gives you a little, you know, jolt. Okay. Yeah. That there's a lot of flashlight light being used in his films. Okay. All right. I didn't notice that, but. Now that you mentioned it, I'll now only notice it. Yeah, you'll be yeah. like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of flashlights. There's a lot of flashlights in Seven <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. All the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the people breaking in in Panic Room. The Panic Room, yeah. Panic yeah. Room is underrated. It's really good. Oh, I know. Yeah. I can't wait to yeah. talk about all yeah. these movies. And lastly, shocking reveals of, like, some serious evil. Yeah. Like, that is, like, first comes to mind is what's in the box. Oh, yeah. Seven is just yeah, and so, it, so dark. <laughs> If we can say anything about this, like if you haven't seen these movies, we are going to do some spoilers a little bit. Yeah. So you might want to watch some David Fincher films and Mm -hmm. then come back and listen again if you don't want it to get spoiled. But these are movies from the 90s. So, yeah, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you can't you can't fault us too much. for You're on your own here. Come on. You know, So the one thing uh, I found really cool uh, researching for the podcast, David Mm -hmm. Fincher is or just turned 60. Uh, same age as tom cruise by the way All like right. no no big deal all right yeah uh, even though he looks you know 29 yeah he actually started his career mm-hmm. and i had no idea about this at industrial light and magic he lived near george lucas and started working at industrial light and magic in the 80s hmm. he was actually a special effects supervisor on return of the jedi really all how right. cool is that that's pretty awesome right yeah all right and after Industrial Light and Magic, and that actually plays into the whole technical thing about inventing some camera stuff mm-hmm. that he did for his own films. Yeah, so he had a background in that. He kind had of a stuff. background in that stuff. Then he actually, after working on special effects and stuff, he got his start in directing shooting commercials. Okay. And something like big ones, mm-hmm. Nike, Coca-Cola, Budweiser, yeah. Heineken, Pepsi, all the sponsors for our show. Got him. Yeah, uh, Levi, yeah. Converse, AT and T, like we get it. He was big company, big companies, yeah. right? And started directing music videos. Now that I didn't know. Okay, I found that fascinating, and I'm not talking about the Hanson Brothers. Yeah. I mean, like some serious, like Rick Astley, me <laughs> bigger, bigger than Rick Astley. <laughs> so he directed music videos for Madonna, Sting, okay, the Rolling Stones, gotcha, Michael Jackson, heard of him. Aerosmith. Gotcha. George Michael. Okay. Iggy Pop, Wallflowers, and Billy Idol, just to name a few. That's pretty, like... Money, money? Did he do money, money? He actually did uh, Rock the Cradle. Uh, Rock the Cradle. I I don't think he did money, money. Oh, still a good song. He still worked with the Idol. Okay. You know? Yeah. So then, graduating out of directing commercials and music videos, he got his first movie. And I actually did not remember this. He directed Alien 3. Okay. In 1992. Oh. So the well, first one was. Doesn't, no one really liked the Alien 3. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So neither does he. Neither does um, he. Okay. Yeah. 
So Ridley yeah. Scott directed the first one, correct? Right. If I'm not wrong. And then yeah. James Cameron did Alien 2. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So then Fincher does Alien 3. First yeah. movie ever mm-hmm. uh, coming out of directing uh, commercials and, and music videos. Mm-hmm. And he hated it. <laughs> Apparently, it wasn't a great flick. Yeah. Uh, it was not good. Mm-hmm. It was chaotic. He hated the script, kept trying to change the script like mm. on the fly and fought constantly with 20th Century Fox. He actually went back to directing music videos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> After this uh, movie until 1995 for seven. McJagger, you got anything? I'm out of here. I just did this stupid alien movie. I'm done. Let's go. <laughs> but he actually like disowns this movie. He, All right. He hates it. It was not a good movie. It was um, it was by far the worst of the alien, if you want to say trilogy. Uh, yeah. 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 At one point, Fincher was denied permission by the film's producers to shoot a crucial scene mm-hmm. in the infirmary between Ripley and the alien. It's like really close, like right at her face. Yeah. And that turned out to be so he just grabbed Sigourney Weaver and a mm. camera and he just shot it anyway. Yeah. Despite the studio telling him not to. Right. And it actually became one of the most iconic scenes of that film. And whenever yeah. the trailers played, you always I know the scene you're talking about. You know about. what I'm yeah. talking yeah. about. Yeah. She yeah. the alien is literally yeah, right, right in her face. Yeah. Yeah. And just drooling or whatever the the <laughs> yeah, whatever that xenomorphs do. Yeah. yeah. And it turned out to be an iconic shot. So anyway, yeah, he went back to doing music videos until seven. And you know how, and we're going to talk about it now. Yeah. How much we love the movie seven. One of my most watched movies of all time. I've watched it so many times. I would put it as far as my top in my somewhere in my top 10 movies of all time. Mm -hmm. And in thrillers, if you're just doing thrillers, it's going to be top three. Totally. Like it is such a good movie. Mm -hmm. And written so well and directed and acted so well. Yeah. It is by far, if we're going to recommend one film, and maybe by the end of this too, we can maybe rank our top mm-hmm. three Fincher films. Sure. Uh, seven is high on this list. Mm-hmm. Like, it is such a good movie. So he is, I think, very fortunate that he went from doing Aliens 3 and hating it, yeah. fighting with the studio, going back to directing music videos. Mm-hmm. And then following up with seven. Yeah. I don't think if seven wasn't his next feature that we wouldn't even know who David Fincher was. Yeah, yeah I'm sure that's that's probably a, a good point. Seven was was another one of those movies that you literally can find no fault in it. It's a perfect movie. Perfect movie. Start yeah. to finish. There's not if you can find any fault in that movie, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Like there is it is perfect. Start to finish. The ending is unbelievable. So I have a fun fact about that. Yeah. So I didn't actually know this, but David Fincher was sent the script. There's a few directors who were, you know, kicking it around. Mm-hmm. He was sent a copy of the script and it actually had the twist ending in it. Mm-hmm. Now, that was a mistake. The okay. studio wanted a friendlier ending and okay. they had a different version of okay. the ending, but they accidentally sent Fincher the wrong script huh. with the twist ending. Okay. And when he, agreed they said oh i'm like we're sorry that's actually not the correct you know ending yeah he's like no i'm doing this ending yeah and it was actually brad pitt who fought for fincher yeah this is their first film together right 
And it was Brad Pitt saying, putting pressure on the studio as the star, right? Saying, let this needs to be the ending. It has to be the end. I couldn't even imagine a friendlier ending. Right? Why would you want that? It, it, it finishes the it's story. So shocking. Yeah. Like, yeah. If Brad Pitt didn't do what he did, mm-hmm. then the story wasn't over. You finished the story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anyways, whatever. I don't, want, the, I don't know what kind of spoilers you want to let go on. That, I know, but, but we, it's from 1995. Yeah. So, like, if, okay, we can say this. If you, I mean, the most people our age have seen seven. Yeah. If you've never seen this movie, yeah, turn off the podcast right now. Okay, watch it and come back because we're about to spoil some. Okay, so it's to me the first movie I ever watched, and I'm in my mid twenties mm-hmm. in the mid nineties. It was the first movie I ever saw where. Even though the bad guy dies, he mm-hmm. wins. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's what yeah. he wanted. Yeah. You gave him what he wanted. Exactly. Yeah. If you didn't kill him, yeah. he would have gone crazy. Yeah. He would have been locked away and he would have gone crazy. You actually yeah. gave him exactly what he wanted. You gave him yeah. rage. Yeah. Right. And the you, last deadly sin. Yeah. You yeah. closed his whatever you want to call it, whatever yeah, it is. His, his manifesto. Manifesto. Yeah. That's yeah. a good way to put it. You closed it for him. You yeah. gave him exactly what he wanted. But how could you not? after what he did yeah, you have to you have yeah. to do that so yeah. there's no way around it it was the coolest ending and you're just you're you're mm-hmm. in the theater going well you have to watch it again mm-hmm. and really get how intricate and smart mm-hmm. and amazing all the performance like everyone in that film mm-hmm. all the supporting cast uh, morgan freeman played somerset so good so uh, he almost didn't do. They actually thought he wouldn't take the role. Oh yeah, because he was a little bit more like it was a little too too dark. dark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same with Brad Pitt mm-hmm. and all the supporting cast. Everybody like mm-hmm. it's and not to mention, I mean, say what you will about how what a horrible person Kevin Spacey is, or that well, came came to light. That is yeah. nothing compared to the performance. Yeah, I'm not putting light on on what a piece of crap he turned. No, out no, no, to no. Be no. As a you, person, you're talking about an acting performance, but a performance yeah, yeah. is one of the best I'd ever seen in my life. And the fact that it came out the same year he did The Usual Suspects, there mm-hmm. was nobody else to win an Oscar that year. Yeah, except Kevin Spacey. He mm-hmm. basically won it for two performances in right. one yeah. year. Yeah, and it was just in insanely good how good seven is every person in that movie was the perfect character for that movie yeah but man was it dark super so dark. twisted yeah like when you when you actually think about it whoo daddy and yeah uh, do you remember all the notebooks oh yeah the, yeah the in when they actually found john doe's apartment right those were real yeah this they took it took, I think they said two weeks of people writing for hours a day just to. It's crazy. Just to do it. They Fincher wanted all the notebooks to be yeah. real. Yeah. Filled. Was this the first movie that Brad Pitt really showed his chops? This was 95, right? Yeah. Was 12 Monkeys before this? I think 12 Monkeys was before this. Because 12 Monkeys was like his, like, yeah. holy shit, Brad Pitt can act. He can act. Yeah. He's not just got his shirt off. Yeah. 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 And he didn't take a shirt off once in this movie, which is great. He actually did that on purpose. You know <laughs> yeah. why? I'm, I'm not even joking. Yeah. That came up when I was yeah. looking at this movie. He had just gotten off of Legends of the Fall. And he said he's got to get the cheese off of him. And he's going to not take his shirt off yeah. and like oh, it cut was, his hair. Oh, it was dark. And he had a short buzz cut. Yeah. And, he, and he had 
he got the shit kicked out of him by yeah. Spacey. So he he was in rough shape most of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Morgan Freeman doesn't get the credit for his role, though. He was so good. He was so good playing off of Brad Pitt. Yeah. Like he was and, and just, you know, embrace that loner like yeah. role. Right. He lived by himself. You know, he yeah. was very All much he cared about was the job job. That's it. Hanging out in the library after close doing research. You know, it was yeah. just amazingly interesting. And he was the one who actually got it. He was mm. the one smart enough to go, this is what John Doe is doing. Right. Yeah. And this trying to complete all the seven deadly sins yeah. of these murders. Yeah. And the police chief was great too. He was yeah. perfect. <laughs> yeah. You know that guy. I don't know his name, but you know the guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I couldn't yeah. believe how amazing this movie is. And if you've never seen it, you need to watch it. And it was, it made Fincher, it put Fincher on the map. Because yeah. Aliens 3 was dog yeah. crap. I joke around a lot about watching inappropriate movies with your children. Yeah. This isn't one of them. Don't, don't watch this. Don't watch this one with your kids. <laughs> this one's going to mess them the f*** up. <laughs> don't watch this one with your kids. Um, yeah, just, just crazy. I don't yeah. even know if you remember this, but the end credits look like they're all written by the killer. Oh, and yeah. Fincher wanted that. Yeah. And he is really cool uh opening credit sequences too mm. that was a very fincher thing as well I, yeah. and we're going to talk about his next movie mm. in a second the game also but that love movie it. opened with the puzzle pieces puzzle pieces yeah like yeah. he his credit sequences were amazing like mm -hmm. david fincher is so unique yeah and talented and and doing in doing dark films mm -hmm. that i i can't believe that the game is his follow-up to seven. I don't right. know if there's anything else you want to kind of talk about with. No, we, we talked seven. a lot. I mean, I could talk about seven for an hour, but I don't want to do that. But yeah, the game was yeah an amazing follow-up. And again, he got such amazing performances out of those actors. Amazing. Like yeah. crazy. So yeah. I do want to just one last thing about seven was you and I often talk about the box office and mm -hmm. stuff. And seven actually only costs 33 million to make. Mm. And Brad Pitt got seven of that. Okay. By the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, domestic, it did a hundred million mm -hmm. and worldwide. So domestic and foreign was 327 million. Yeah. And guaranteed that box office was driven by word of mouth. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. And they kept it such a secret and this mm -hmm. is pre-internet. Mm -hmm. So like, I mean, the internet existed, but yeah. in its infancy stage and there was such a buzz about it and you couldn't get it spoiled unless you actually saw it because of that yeah but they purposely left kevin spacey out of the opening credits mm -hmm. he wasn't mentioned anything until the very end credits yeah which i thought was super smart mm -hmm. and you could get away with that in, the, in 1995 yeah. you can't get away with no not now kind not of now. Stuff yeah. now yeah the next film was the game in mm -hmm. 1997 if i can think of my top three favorite scripts mm -hmm. Uh, that were written in the 90s mm -hmm. i would say the usual suspects which was not a david fincher film but it's very dark and gritty and has super twists and turns yeah like a david fincher film mm -hmm. it was actually written by christopher mccrory i think it was directed by brian singer it was wrong, it right? was yeah yeah uh usual suspects but the other two films are fincher films mm -hmm. my favorite scripts of all time in the 90s are the usual suspects seven and the game mm -hmm. the game is so mind i i'm gonna swear and b money's gonna yeah. have to do this yeah. it's such a mind oh yeah oh yeah 
Yeah. Like be on. It's you have to watch it. I could watch it. Let's let's say I've watched that movie and I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. 20 plus times. Yeah. Every single time you watch the game, there's another Easter egg. There's another clue mm-hmm. of the hint of what's going on. And if you if I could recommend something I think is underrated right. to you guys, you may have heard of seven because of how um, insanely good it is. Mm-hmm. But it, it, the game's a little bit more underrated. If yeah. you've never seen this movie, not as well known for sure. It is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Douglas. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. He is a wealthy man. Yeah. And he is. It's his birthday. Right. He's getting a birthday present from his brother, played by Sean Penn. Mm -hmm. And basically, he's saying it's like a game for rich people. Right. And don't worry about it. Like, you'll get all the instructions and whatever. It'll kind of happen. Uh, He said that he did it and he loved it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Basically setting Michael Douglas up. And he doesn't know throughout this entire game Mm -hmm. if it's real or not. Right. Right. And the audience doesn't either. Right. That's how so good. And a yeah. lot of this is the directing by David Fincher. Right. Oh, yeah. No, the storyline is so twisting and turning. You never know what's really going on. No. You know, like, yeah. And like you said, you could watch it over and over and over again and find something new. Yeah. Every time. Do you remember the yeah. name of the or the initials by the the company that was pretending to put on the game? No, I should. But for some reason, I don't. Yeah, it was C. CRS okay consumer recreation services was like the name of the like the yeah. fake game right but the funny thing is is that you see CRS yeah everywhere everywhere yeah, yeah. so there's like cable something service van outside the yeah. that Deborah Unger's apartment or yeah. like it's just it's such a mind like and everybody in it I think my favorite part of the game mm-hmm. is when he finally is getting close to the end. Yeah. And you he goes into that cafeteria and you see all the people he's run into. Oh, right. Yeah. Throughout yeah. the entire movie. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it's so subtle. And you're like, what? Yeah. Who wasn't a part of this? Yeah. Yeah. Craziness. Yeah. Like, Just imagine that, though. Imagine yeah. seeing all those people in the same room that you've been trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Yeah. And you're like, seeing that, seeing that person, that person, that person. Yeah. And yeah. the littlest thing, a yeah. waiter or like uh, a construction worker, like yeah. all these, not the people that you know, they're a part of it that you yeah. see being a part of it, but all the people who are like extras. Yeah. And they're all a part of it. It's such a mind. Yeah. I can't tell you how good that movie is. Yeah. Ah, I agree underrated and again michael douglas was so good sean yeah. penn i wish sean penn was in it more yeah because sean penn was so good you know you know what's funny you know? about that is the original script it was his daughter okay who got him the game and not the brother and jody foster was cast to play the daughter and michael hmm. douglas didn't think that the age difference made sense hmm, okay so they rewrote the script to be a brother and they cast sean penn hmm. and jodie foster sued oh really yeah yeah <laughs> all right and i they settled out of court apparently but yeah she was like super pissed yeah which i found interesting because she later works for with David. yeah that's what i was gonna say yeah yeah uh, panic and room. panic room yeah huh. so they must have like it must have been really Maybe less to do with Fincher and more to do with the studio. Probably, probably, yes, still in the studio. But she was, yeah, Yeah. it was funny that she ended up working with him anyway. Okay, that's cool. That's interesting. All right. 
So the game, it was a budget of 50 million. It actually domestically made 49. That's where I feel it's underrated. Yeah. And then worldwide, it did 109. So it made its money back. Mm -hmm. But I always feel like this movie is so underrated. Yeah. And I maybe it's because the mass audiences don't get it. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie. You got to be a certain intelligence level to even keep track of what's going on. Yeah. The game doesn't have that same kind of like thrill ride that seven did. Yeah. You know, the game is much more methodical, slower moving, and you got to think through the whole thing. Yeah. A lot of people don't like to think. Yeah. I usually don't like to think. (laughs) You just shut your brain off. Yeah. It's just, it's it's annoying. I watch dinosaurs (laughs) chase after Chris Pratt, you know, but like you have to, yeah, it's very slow paced and you got to really pay attention. And also I could, I could see a movie like this angering people. Do you know what I mean? Because you're like, I don't get what's going on. You know what I mean? Like I could see that being one of these movies that you're like, I'm watching it, but I don't get it. And then just getting frustrated that I don't get, yeah, Yeah. I I don't get what's going on. Yeah. You have to watch this movie a few times to get the genius that it is. Yeah. And it is such a cool, I've never, I probably, there's very few films that have this many twists and turns Mm -hmm. and, and plot twists. Right. What I mean. Mm -hmm. So there's always the movies with surprise endings like right. M night Shyamalan films. Right. This movie has surprise. Everything, everything, yeah, everything. Yeah. Everything's yeah. like every single that person. Wasn't real. Yeah. Every character, everything going on. You don't know what's going on. Comes home, warms up a burger for his birthday. You know, is that really a burger? Is he really in his house? You know, is his housekeeper in on it? But you then know, like how, how yeah. much in danger was he? Like, yeah. Even yeah. when I don't know if you remember, but that one, Guy with the scar on his face. He's yeah. in a bunch of movies in the night. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It drove the cab into the lake. Into the lake. Yeah, yeah. And he's got to get out. Yeah. Like, yeah. what if he didn't? Yeah. Or where did they have safety? Like being a part of this elaborate game, were there divers in the water? Yeah. Ready to get him out in case that didn't happen, or mm-hmm. like this? It was intense. It was yeah. such a cool. Yeah. Cool movie. No, I agree. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add about the game, but we highly recommend it. Highly recommend it for sure. A bit more underrated as far as David Fincher films. Yeah. It's Uh, streaming on a bunch of different services too. But it is so good. All right. All right. The next up, David Fincher directed in 1999, Fight Club. Mm Hmm. And the one rule is you don't talk about Fight Club. Another movie that's a complete mind. Right? Yeah. Like total mind. Again, if you haven't seen Fight Club, we yeah. are going to ruin it right yeah. now. Yeah. Because Tyler Durden doesn't exist. Yeah. How insane is that? So crazy. It's that such the a entire crazy time. Movie. Ed Norton. <laughs> yeah. Who's by the way never has a character name reveal. I yeah. actually didn't know that. He's just called the narrator. The narrator. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was really uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And actually, Brad Pitt, who is so good, this mm-hmm. is the second time he works with David Fincher. Yeah. He wasn't overly interested in making the movie at all until David Fincher arrived. Mm-hmm. And he actually went to go see Brad Pitt at, during the making of Meet Joe Black. Okay. And insisted they go for a beer. And once they finished that beer, Fincher pitched Fight Club and, and Brad Pitt agreed. And uh, But it was Fincher's doing getting brad pitt on board for fight club cool and i don't think that movie would be the same no 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 who else would you cast nobody right tyler durden's brad pitt it's brad pitt that's it yeah it's one of his best roles i actually feel brad pitt is a little underrated (laughs) 
Oh, he's completely underrated as an actor. <laughs> yeah. Like we know that he yeah. just won his first Oscar yeah. for the uh, Tarantino film. Once yeah. upon a time. Once upon a time. Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. And that is way overdue. Yeah. Like I think people give Brad Pitt a bunch of crap because of he's too good looking. If you take the Thelma and Louise out of it or the legends of the fall out of it, or yeah but like, legends of the fall was a great movie it's a good movie it's a great it's movie good acting well i know but it's a great movie i but, mean but it's also an ensemble cast it's not yeah, just brad pitt that's you know true. you know <laughs> like come on you know that's you know? true come on but you know? acting wise like i think brad pitt is a little underrated it's funny because last uh, last night when i came in they were watching um mr and mrs smith on Netflix. Good movie. Yeah. I sat down and started watching it. Brad Pitt was great in that. Although you that's know? the movie that broke up Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt. Well, I know that, that. always bothered me. Well, what are you going to do? But well, because Angelina Jolie is just a bag of cats. Yeah. I, yeah. I well, I know, but I, you don't yeah. leave Jennifer Aniston for Angelina Jolie. Well, what are you going to do? Right. You know, it is what it is. Just say it. We're talking about his filmography. <laughs> okay. All right. Not his wang. <laughs> all right. Like, let's go. You know, but. Yeah, Brad Pitt is completely underrated. Yeah. He was amazing in 12 Monkeys, yeah. which I think he did get recognized for that. Did he not? I, At least get nomination? I don't know. No, nothing? I, I'd no? have to look that up. Okay, but Seven was amazing. Yeah. Fight Club is one of his best movies of all time. Yeah, he was so good. Moneyball was amazing. Yeah, but, and I actually know. loved him in uh, the Ocean's Eleven. Oh, he's great in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, so yeah. anyways, we're, we're getting off topic, but yeah, yeah no, I don't know anyone else that could have played Tyler Durden, the way he played it. If you think of who was hot in the late 90s as far mm -hmm. as actors or really good character actors, mm -hmm. I still don't think I would pick anyone else to play Tyler Durden but Brad Pitt. I, off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody. He absolutely nailed it. Yeah. Other than it being a really, again, David Fincher's trademark of being a really just a mind of mm -hmm. a movie. Yeah. And all these twists and turns and then the surprise ending that. He never existed. Yeah. That it was all in Ed Norton's mind. Right. It's just a cool movie. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's just it, so it's dark. Weird. It's, it's dark. so dark. It dives into like what's wrong with society. Society. Like yeah. people, the people in this movie are all, they're not good people. Yeah. You know, there's things, Hella, Hella Bottom oh, Card. Bottom Card. Was a horrible person. <laughs> right. <laughs> like the stuff that she did was ridiculous, yeah. you know, but these people exist. You know, it's like the underbelly of society of people that live in this. It was a secret world almost. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I mean, it, it was it's another movie that, yeah, you got to pay attention to. And I could see it getting people angry. Yeah. I think some of Fincher's movies get people angry. This would get people angry just because it's so twisted. And then I love that scene out of Horrible Bosses, too. And he starts beating the shit out of himself in the office. And they're like, he's fight clubbing himself. <laughs> fight club has become a yeah. part of pop culture yeah but you remember that scene where yeah, ed yeah, norton just clubbing himself. yeah beat the yeah. out of himself yeah. <laughs> in front of his boss i was like oh my god and yeah. fight yeah. club did better in the box office i apologize fight club did not do better in the box office, which is surprising but i think it killed in rental okay all right uh, it actually was a 63 million dollar budget mm -hmm. and only did 37 domestic oh really i didn't hmm. i thought it was bigger than that yeah right hmm. So 101 worldwide, mm -hmm. but only 37 domestic. Hmm. So, you know, I, I don't even think I saw, I can't remember if I saw Fight Club in theaters, but mm -hmm. I know I watched it on rental. Mm -hmm. Next up for David Fincher was in 2002, and that was Panic Room. Mm -hmm. So we talked about uh, Jodie Foster. So mm -hmm. now she's getting to work with David Fincher. 
That was a $48 million budget. It did $96 million domestic and $197 worldwide. Mm -hmm. It appealed to a bigger audience. Yeah, I guess Then these very, uh, not indie, but like Mm -hmm. very dark, gritty um, social outcast films Mm -hmm. that like Fight Club. Mm -hmm. But uh, this one was appealed to a, a broader audience. I enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy it as much as everything else before it. But that's because they're yeah. cooler. Yeah. But Pendergroom's a good movie. movie was great. And again, the actors just nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. I, the yeah. only thing was I mean, Dwight Yoakam. Yeah. Dwight yeah, I I know that Dwight Yoakam wanted to be an actor. Yeah. And he even directed films. I just don't You don't buy him? I don't like Dwight Yoakam as an actor. And yeah, this is probably his best performance. He is nuts. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's crazy. He's a very bad, bad man. Yeah. Uh, who else were the the breaking guys? Forrest Whitaker? Forrest Whitaker. Who, and Giovanni Jared, Ribisi, uh, or? Jared uh, Lido. Leto. Oh, Leto. 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 Whatever. One of the Leto's. And uh, that guy. Yeah, that guy. That guy. Morbius. That guy. That dude. Yeah. 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 Uh, also, Kristen Stewart. Super young Kristen Stewart from Twilight plays okay. Jodie Foster's daughter. Oh, you're right. I right? totally I blanked on that. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I fr- I totally forgot about that until looking this oh, up. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. All right. All but right. Panic Room was just again, it was it was dark. People are trying to break in. You mm-hmm. have a, a panic room in your house. And mm-hmm. Yeah. You just you got to survive. Mm-hmm. You know, panic rooms are cool. I got to get one of those. You got to get yourself a panic room. Yeah. 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 What's the good hide there from the dog? Yeah, I think you should get a panic room. I'm going to do it. I'm going to look into it. <laughs> then Fincher actually took a couple years off. It was actually a bit of a gap till his next movie. And I forgot mm. that he directed this. Okay. And I love this movie. All right. It's Zodiac. Okay. In 2007. I didn't know he did that. Budget was $65 million. It only did $33 million domestic. Yeah. It was long. It was long. It was slow. Yeah. But it was good. It was really good. Yeah. Based on yeah. the actual Zodiac killers. Mm-hmm. Again, a lot of Fincher stuff is dark. It involves evil and, mm-hmm. and murderers. Yeah. One fun thing that I, when I was looking up the films, I was like, oh, that is really cool i noticed that all three major stars of zodiac mm-hmm. are in the mcu do you know who i'm referring to if you remember who starred in zodiac well yeah it's a uh, uh, ruffalo yeah mark ruffalo, mark ruffalo. bruce banner hulk what's his face um jake gyllenhaal yeah who's who's mysterio, mysterio. in uh, far from home right and who's the third banana in zodiac right oh, before he started in the mcu it's totally 2007 was zodiac what came out the next year oh it was robert downey jr yeah, right? yeah robert downey jr was in it yeah yeah that's right. yeah. yeah yeah robert downey jr was in zodiac that's right so yeah, all yeah. three stars mm-hmm. of zodiac were our major characters in the mcu all right i well, mean jake yeah. gyllenhaal is one movie but yeah that's still yeah counts also, one funny thing, I, I, I guess Jake Gyllenhaal and, and uh, David Fincher didn't really get along okay. too much because Fincher likes a ton of takes. Yeah. And there was something that also made uh, Jake Gyllenhaal mad was because David Fincher CGI'd hair on Jake Gyllenhaal's hands. Okay. Because he thought, that, and I'm doing a quote. Yeah. They were too hairless and pretty. <laughs> I'm like, what an insult to a man, right? So if you actually look like when Jake Gyllenhaal's holding like the Zodiac letters, yeah, 
they do a close up mm-hmm. and they CGI'd hair onto <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal's hands because they're too hairless and pretty. Your hands are too pretty, I man. What are you gonna do? Really funny. You gotta go. You gotta scuff those puppies up a little yeah, bit. You gotta do some do yeah. some landscaping. Yeah, do some landscaping. Like, punch some brick walls. Yeah, you know. So Fincher really got wanted to do a, a movie about the Zodiac killer. Mm-hmm. And he said in an interview, this, I thought this is a really effed up story. And yeah. I, I thought you would find it cool. Yeah. Cause you know, I messed up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fincher recalled as, uh, as a kid, mm-hmm. one day he came home from school and noted how a police car had been following his bus. Okay. His school bus. All right. So his father just said, Oh yeah, there's a serial killer who killed four or five people who calls himself Zodiac. He threatened to take a high-powered rifle and shoot out the tires of a school bus and then shoot some kids as they came off the bus. His dad told him, <laughs> as a child, I have kids. I would lie. Dad, why is there a police car following yeah. the school bus? Yeah. Hey, safety. Yeah. Safety first. Yeah, you're not going to. I'm not going to tell them that. Yeah. Well, son. <laughs> it might actually explain a lot about Fitch. Yeah. Here's, here's what could happen to you in the next couple of days. <laughs> so I guess he got obsessed about the Zodiac killer yeah. and studied it uh, as an adult as well. And then mm-hmm. the movie came about in 2007. Right. It didn't do well domestically, but it's still a dark, cool. Mm. I, I'd say, yeah, it's just too long. I don't feel that movie was made to be a blockbuster. No, it's not. It's no. not made. It's just a good movie. It's a good if you're into yeah. true crime mm-hmm. uh, and you know anything about the Zodiac killings. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a very well done well acted well directed Mm. by fincher yeah movie in fact south korean director bong joon ho Mm -hmm. who did parasite gotcha he actually won best director in 2019 for parasite yeah calls zodiac a masterpiece gotcha and saying there was really nothing to find fault about the film right down the cinematography art direction and action it's one of his favorite movies. All right. Now that's coming from mm-hmm. a master of suspense himself, Bong Joon-ho. All right. Also a favorite of CVB. By the way, who's going to be listening to this podcast? Because you yeah. know who his favorite director is? David Fincher. I didn't know that. So, and he loves Bong Joon-ho. So. Okay. All right. I've actually, you've never probably seen any of his movies. Did you watch Parasite? No, I didn't. I always wanted to, though. So watch Parasite because mm-hmm. it is yeah i heard it's unreal it's unreal yeah it is so good there's some really cool older bong joon home movies and they're also mine like he okay. reminds me of david fincher okay and it doesn't surprise me that he likes david fincher films mm-hmm. because bong joon stuff is really messed up twisted super dark love yeah. i love twisted stuff so this one surprised me the next year after zodiac mm-hmm. was the curious case of benjamin butt in 2008 I did not remember mm-hmm. that David Fincher directed that. I, and it's not dark. I've never even seen that movie, by the way. What? I've never watched that movie. It's just like a piece of pop culture. It's yeah. one of those things where it's just so such a weird. It's based on a book. Right. Such a weird story mm-hmm. that it's you got to watch it. Yeah. It's just one of those. You should see. Yeah, it. I know I should. Yeah, you should. It's a lot of things I should see, you know. <laughs> But you rewatch. But I rewatched the same crap stuff. over and over again. <laughs> yeah. It did extremely well in the box office. It mm-hmm. was nominated for Oscars. Mm-hmm. It was on a budget of 150 million, which is huge budget. I mean, mm-hmm. so much CGI. Right. Uh, if you've never seen, I should just say this quick: Benjamin Button is the uh, story 
of a man whose life is he's ages backwards right as people are aging he's actually getting younger mm-hmm. and then his last moments are as an infant mm-hmm. not an old person he yeah. ages backwards which is just so weird so weird <laughs> so weird and again this is now his third collaboration with brad pitt mm-hmm. brad pitt again did not win the yeah. oscar mm-hmm. and actually neither did david fincher did if i told you he has never won an oscar that's unbelievable that's Insane. unforgivable wait till the movies we haven't even talked about yet. right right like david fincher needs to win an oscar yeah that's not cool man no i'm just saying that yeah uh, this is also David Fincher's first film that was PG-13. Okay. <laughs> it's right. not dark. It's no. weird. It's yeah. a cool story, but it's not. No, dark. I know. It's a very, yeah, no, it's not. It's more of a lighter fare for him. Yeah, yeah. In 1998, 10 years before, this mm-hmm. mo- this book would have been made into a movie, but mm-hmm. it didn't. Mm-hmm. Ron Howard was set to direct with John Travolta in the lead. Really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I haven't even seen the movie, and I have no idea how that would have worked. <laughs> it wouldn't have worked. It would not have worked, man. That would have been horrible. Uh, all right. Interesting. Absolutely horrible. Yeah. All yeah. right. So, yeah, I don't think that would have worked at all. Apparently, there was also another version before this one uh, in the early 2000s that mm-hmm. would have had Steven Spielberg and Tom Cruise mm-hmm. doing the roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I Tom Cruise actually doesn't age at all. Yeah. So. I don't think they, they would have needed extra CGI. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. His skin is flawless. He would have been. Flawless. He looks like a baby. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. yeah. They're like, this is the curious case of Benjamin Button. Yeah. Nope. You don't show me as an old person ever. Yeah, ever. And he just ever. walks off. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. it. Where's my stunts? <laughs> so the next movie, you yeah. love this movie. Okay. And I, I do too, but mm. I know for a fact this is. One of your top films of all time. Mm. Also directed by David Fincher in 2010 was the dramatization of the Facebook story. Yeah, social network. The social network. Really enjoyed that movie. Now, don't know exactly how many liberties they took in the storyline. There's always been probably a lot. There's been a lot of <laughs> I've watched a lot of different, you know, little docuseries about yeah. it. Like, but really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed that. Aaron Sorkin wrote the screen. Right. Yeah. And yeah. he doesn't get enough credit. No, he's amazing. That guy. Yeah. Uh, and I actually, I don't know if this, I think this is the first film he started working with Aaron Sorkin, but I think mm. they did some other stuff together. Okay. But Aaron Sorkin is one of those names where people might recognize his name yeah. and don't get how insanely talented Aaron Sorkin is as a writer. He's done everything. I think he wrote the uh, few good men and some big TV series too. Yeah. West wing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Aaron Sorkin. I think he also has something to do with billions. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Aaron Sorkin is an insanely talented writer mm-hmm. and David Fincher directs this. Now, this isn't about murder and no. like other Fincher stuff, but he made it Fincher-esque, if mm-hmm. you will, by how dark the movie was about uh, Zuckerberg yeah. and Facebook. And I mm-hmm. thought Jesse Eisenberg was amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Justin Timberlake nailed it. Yeah. You know, it was great performance uh andrew garfield was amazing yeah you know everybody was great in the movie you know so and you army hammer playing twins was yeah. amazing <laughs> yeah the Vink- Vinklevoss? Uh, Vink- Vink- Winklevoss 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 I don't know what names are I can't remember but yeah I think it's yeah. Winklevoss Winklevoss the yeah. twins yeah you know so yeah but yeah. it was just it's it was still Fincher it was yeah. still dark it was still a very the music yeah. like it was i think when he started working with trent reznor mm-hmm. 
from uh was it nine inch nine nails? inch nails yeah yeah he actually sampled an old nine inch or nine inch nail song in the score for seven okay and that's what brought the two together okay years later he just liked trent reznor's work mm-hmm. and then trent reznor went from doing like nine inch nails to yeah. film composing mm-hmm. and won oscars yeah. yeah i actually think trent reznor won the oscar for the social network oh, i don't know i'm almost yeah. positive yeah. Okay. for uh original score all right yeah. anyway yeah social network is not fincher in the way of like serial killers and 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 murder and evil in that way yeah but more of evil in the business world oh it's dark and twisted and just uh, like it it really is it, it's kind of how it all went down yeah and you know how yeah everybody gets sucked into the greed of yeah you know of of, of i guess greed of life basically right you know why yeah. should you take what i have and blah 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 and fight over property rights and blah 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 and yeah watching people get squeezed out and this and that and really it's all fight over money yeah right so i don't know it's 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 so it's well unique. done so well done it's such yeah. an interesting story and they yeah. tell it well and aaron sorkin wrote it well it's just a great movie mm-hmm. if you and again didn't win an oscar right. for directing right that movie <laughs> that, that's fine all right yeah i did 40 it was a 40 million dollar budget it did 97 so he's doing better domestically mm-hmm. and then 225 million worldwide but it was a, it was a critically acclaimed film yeah. so that doesn't surprise me mm-hmm. the one thing i thought was interesting was that david fincher insisted that the actors after they were cast that do not communicate with the real life counterparts. Okay. He wanted the actors to go by the script and not take cues from the real life people. Gotcha. Okay. So he forbid them from talking to them. Okay. All anyway, right. just All an right. interesting okay. tidbit mm-hmm. about the social network. Mm-hmm. And then we have a couple of movies in the 2010s that I really want to talk about. The next one was the year after the social network, but then he took a three year hiatus mm-hmm. and then did gone girl in 2014 Mm -hmm. before we talk about that because that's again one of our favorite movies of all time yeah and it's such a mind yeah we're saying that word a lot this podcast that's david fincher Mm -hmm. he did the girl with the dragon tattoo Mm -hmm. in 2011 right i actually loved the swedish version okay as a film buff i Mm -hmm. was i was told that the swedish version that came out probably two years before the american version Mm -hmm was and again it's a super dark yeah yeah it's twisted there's a plot twist ending mm-hmm. i don't know if anyone who's listening to this has read the girl with the dragon tattoo book trilogy mm-hmm. but there's swedish author so there was a swedish film version yeah and they were so f- yeah so good even with subtitles right i was like i just yeah. I'm in. I'm eating my popcorn. I'm into these movies. Right. And they are really twisted. Okay. So they tried to do an American version mm-hmm. and they cast Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig's in it. Yeah. yeah. And a kind of a new person. It was um, room. What's her name? Ro- Rooney Mara. Okay. And she actually had a small role in the social network. Mm-hmm. So Fincher cast her to be the lead in this version. They actually tried to get the girl who played the role in the Swedish version because mm-hmm. she's so insanely good yeah. to do the American version with Daniel Craig. Right. But she couldn't do it again. It gotcha. took so much out of her. Mm-hmm. Those performances in the Swedish film, she didn't want to do it. Didn't want to go down that path again. again. All right. Gotcha. Yeah. In yeah. the American version. And mm-hmm. if you don't know that actress, her name is Numi 
rapace okay and if you ever get a chance to watch the swedish versions of girl with a dragon tattoo i recommend it Mm -hmm. but i will give fincher credit for for doing the american version it was okay it's you saw it i saw it it was it was kind of boring yeah i thought it was kind of boring i wouldn't mind seeing the swedish version the swedish version yeah in just nuts i did i still enjoyed it and i and i thought daniel craig did a great job it has a scars guard yeah and we, we can't talk go, about the scars. Can't go wrong with the scars guards, you know. Like if it, anything that's got a scars guard, <laughs> you know it's good, you know. But I did find it a little, a little on the boring side. But you know, yeah. you know. But if I'm gonna knock a, fil- a Fincher film, I, I did find it a little. It's mm. a little. Uh, yeah. I give yeah. you that. Mm. I found the American version a little slower. Yeah, yeah. I did want to mention though that Rooney mm. Mara. Mm-hmm. What a really cool thing about her again. She's in two uh, David Fincher films. Mm-hmm. Uh, she her her great grandfather's. Okay. On both sides of her family are Tim Mara mm-hmm. and Art Rooney. Do you know who those men are? They're not in the entertainment. Industry. Yeah, but I know that name. You know the name. Yeah, yeah. Both of those men yeah. founded their NFL teams. Okay. So uh, Tim Mara is the owner and founder of the New York Giants. Okay. And Art Rooney was the founder and owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I was going to say the Steelers. That's, yeah. what, that's what I was thinking yeah. in my head. Art Rooney. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Her, both of her great grandfathers yeah. are NFL legends. That's crazy. That owned two major franchises. That's nuts. That's cool. Anyways, so keep before going. we end this podcast, we have to talk about Gone Girl. Oh, it's, I can't even describe Gone Girl. It is so good. So good. And again, it's pure Fincher. Yeah. You got this crazy story, twists and turns, mm-hmm. murder, dark, yeah. funny. Yeah. Just a great, great movie. Ben Affleck was so good in it. He was so good. He was so good in it. I actually yeah. like Ben Affleck yeah. in that movie. He was so good. Yeah. Yeah. And David Fincher typically to find Ben Affleck, Mm -hmm. it was he actually when he gets a a script, Mm -hmm. he will go on the Internet and just search actors faces. Okay, And to find the right type of actor for a role and for casting, Nick Dunn was the character's name. Yeah. He spotted photos of Ben Affleck and noticed a particular smile that Affleck has in dozens of photos online. Okay, He basically stalks (laughs) stalks actors online. That's all right. And according to Fincher, it captured the particular emotion in a scene for Nick Dunn smiling and showed the essence of the character. And he cast Ben Affleck. Yeah. However, Mm -hmm. it called for the script for Ben Affleck's character to wear a Yankees baseball cap. Oh, he won't do that. Exactly. As a diehard Boston Red Sox fan. He's a Bostonian. They shut down production for four days. Okay. Because Affleck refused to wear a Yankees cap. <laughs> the story takes place in, uh, state, yeah. in New York. Yeah. So he, I'm pretty sure that it does. Yeah, but anyway, so. the yeah. character, yeah. whatever, it's based on a book as well. Right. The character had to wear the Yankees and cap. He wouldn't do it. And he wouldn't do it. Love four it. days. I love it. I love four it. Four days. Yeah. And they finally, he agreed to put on a Mets cap. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but production was halted for four four days oh my god that's the best (laughs) which i thought was really really interesting yeah uh it did really well in the box office i saw it twice in the theater yeah uh 61 million budget yeah did 168 million domestic and 369 million worldwide Mm -hmm. to make it david fincher's highest grossing film nice even more than a curious case of benjamin button nice that was really really cool and my favorite fincher movie it's actually oh. it's actually above seven. 
Seven's two. Gone Girl's still Gone Girl's one. We're going to discuss that right at the end here. Yeah. Yeah. So the uh, lastly, Mank uh, was in 2020. Yeah. That's the film he did six years after Gone Girl. Nominated for Best Picture. Nominated for Best Director. Didn't win. Mm. It's a black and white film. Mm. Did you see Mank? No. No. Actually, neither have I. Mm -hmm. I think it's the only David Fincher film I haven't watched. Okay. Yeah. It's about 1930s Hollywood. And it's reevaluating through the eyes of a scathing social critic mm-hmm. and alcoholic gotcha. screenwriter named Herman J. Mankiewicz as he races to finish the screenplay of Citizen Kane. So Fincher was nominated for Best Director three times and lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's way overdue for for Mankin 2020, Social Network in 2010, mm-hmm. and Curious Case of Benjamin Button in 2008. Mm-hmm. The man needs and deserves an an Oscar. Yeah, none of this honorary bullshit. Yeah. Like give him a real real Oscar. Oscar. Real Oscar. I'm hoping he something else is coming up. The next thing that I saw, the only thing I saw coming up mm-hmm. is and there's no release date yet is he's directing a movie called Killers. It's based on an assassin who begins to psychologically crack as he develops a conscience even as his clients continue to demand his skills, hmm. it's starring Michael Fassbender. Hmm. So okay. that's his next film. He's also been in between, I guess, I shouldn't say he wasn't directing anything. He did Netflix Mindhunter. Okay. So he produced and directed a bunch of episodes of that, okay. which is based on actual serial killers right. yeah. and FBI profile. Yeah, I've watched a couple episodes Really, of really cool show. Yeah. yeah. But that was his uh, last direct uh, after Gone Girl in 2014 mm-hmm. was Mank. And now we'll look forward to Killers. All right. Just some other things I thought were really impressive as we end this podcast. Mm-hmm. David Fincher was originally set to direct Mission Impossible 3. Gotcha. But dropped out. And that was J.J. Abrams. Mm-hmm. And it he sucked. Was, or it was horrible. Yeah. Originally considered to direct the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. That would have been interesting. And then went to Sam Raimi. Mm, okay, that would have been so interesting. So Fincher's right. doing Spider-Man, I thought, yeah. because that was a bit darker because of Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. It, that would have been interesting to see. Yeah, I would have liked that. It would have been good. Yeah. yeah, He was considered to direct Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Okay. Which uh, then I got confused with Dangerous Minds because mm. all I could think of was Coolio. Gotcha. But that's two different movies. Underrated. <laughs> Coolio's a, as Coolio, Coolio in general. Yeah. You know, you know, <laughs> he turned down Catch Me If You Can to do Panic Room. OK, I loved Catch Me If You Can. It's really good. Yeah, but I think yeah. Spielberg obviously is a I don't know. Would fin- how would Fincher's Catch Me If You Can? I think it, he would have made it darker. Right. You know, oh, yeah. Spielberg did nail. That was a good movie. Is there really, really good movie? Yeah. So you can't knock it. He turned down the offer to direct Batman Begins, which went to Christopher Nolan. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Okay. You imagine a David Fincher Batman trilogy again, and that was already dark. It was already already dark. dark. Huh. Interesting. Right? All right. He turned down eight millimeter in 1999 to direct Fight Club. Yeah, eight millimeter was pretty good. It was really dark. You know, it was very dark. Yeah, would have been. I'm glad we have Fight Club. Yeah, I would have been interested to see what take he did on it. Yeah, you know, but I'm glad he did Fight Club over eight millimeter. Yeah, which yeah. is. A Nick yeah. Cage movie from 1990. Yeah, Nick Cage was really good in that. Also, nobody, nobody really talks about is. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he was originally considered to direct Hannibal, The Silence of the Lambs uh, continuation. Oh, I wish he would have done that. In 2001. Yeah, because yeah. that movie was horrible. It was horrible. Yeah. yeah. It would have been great if he did it. <laughs> yeah. So that's all of our info about David Fincher. Mm-hmm. Let's just quickly, your top three. Oh, it's Gone Girl 7 and Social Network. In that order? In that order. Yeah. I would have to go with 
seven gone girl the game mm-hmm. and social network being a very tight yeah tight to the third there all right yeah so all right. if you haven't seen any of these movies please do yourself a favor watch david fincher films they are amazing mm-hmm. they're dark they're awesome they usually have crazy plot twists uh, Gone Girl being the most recent, mm-hmm. probably everyone has seen, but go back to the 90s and see Seven, The Game, Fight Club. Yeah. These are amazing films, and I'm really glad we could take this podcast to talk about David Venture. All right. I like it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Check us out on YouTube and at K Dog and Fish on all social media. We have Wednesday podcast drops every single week. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Fish. Gay Doc. We'll see you again soon. Peace.